Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Declaration of what God has done in their life. This is not, baptism is not something you check the box off on, and coming to church isn't something you check the box off on, and dedicating your kids isn't something you check the box on. This is a lifestyle. This is a transformation of our lives. We're not, we're, we used to be dead people, and now we're alive. I don't have any, have any dead people that, that used to be dead or alive this morning. Amen. If you're still dead, you can get alive today. You're in the place where the resurrection lives. Amen. There's a resurrector here today. And he wasn't just on Easter that he resurrected. He resurrected every day for you. Amen. The power of resurrection is here this morning. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to just say this real quick as you're getting your Bibles open. I've still got some stickers left that I gave out on, on Wednesday uh, because FedEx didn't get here on time, amen. So i still got some Jesus is Lord stickers, maybe 10 or 15, and I've already got this on my truck. The only deal is if you take this, you have to put it on your vehicle. You can't put it on your notebook. You can't put it in your, under your seat. you got to put it on your car. So mine's in the back of my truck, and it says, Jesus is Lord, whether you believe it or not. Amen? Amen. So anybody who wants these, I'm going to give them to Pastor Dylan again, and he can be, I I believe you're going to have more than this much, so you're going to have to figure out how to do it. No, whoever gets to you first, amen. Thank you. Praise God. Isn't it good to have Pastor Dylan and Ashley back with us from Tanzania? Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, the miracle of a transformed life. I just want to get through this really quickly, not because it's not important, because I want to get to the baptism and and, uh, have some time at the end. But it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, who's in Christ here this morning? If you don't don't know if you're in, then you're probably not. But again, you're going to have a chance to get in Christ. It says, he is a new creation. New creation. That's that's the miracle of a life being transformed is we used to be somebody else. This place is full of people this morning. If I gave the microphone and passed it around, you'd be blown away at all the testimonies in this church of people who used to be somebody else and they're not that person anymore. Jesus says, if you're in me, you are a new creation and all the old things, say old things, are passed away. Okay, some, of the, some of you this morning need to let that old person die. Let them die, let them be dead. That's kind of what baptism symbolizes. That, that person goes down into the water as a symbol. That water, by the way, is not holy. It's just water. But it's symbolic of the old man going down into the tomb and the new person coming out just like Jesus went into that grave and he came out a resurrected Savior. It's a picture of that, and and I want to tell you that God wants to use your life this morning. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life and a purpose for your life, and it's to touch other people's lives. And if God has made you a miracle this morning, and you're a miracle if you've given your life to Jesus, and you have a transformed life, He wants you to pass that on to somebody else. But sometimes we're not effective because we're still living in the past. And, and a lot of us here, I believe, need to let go of our past. 
my, my, one of my friends this morning after the service came up and reminded me of something that I told him a long time ago. We met on the basketball court, and I didn't remember saying it, but I thought, man, that's good. So I'm going to say it this morning. Amen. He said, you told me, when, when you told me about my past, he said, you, know, you, can't, you don't put cologne on a dead person. When you go back and visit your past and, and you live there, you're trying to put something that smell good on something that don't smell good. Amen? We need to leave the past behind, and a lot of us aren't being effective in sharing our faith with other people or seeing fruit in our lives because we won't let go of the past that Jesus says is under the blood. So we've got to let it go. All the old things, somebody says all the old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Amen. So we are new creations this morning. Look what it says. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. How many know that we were not reconciled to God until we put our faith in Jesus? At birth, we're separated from God. And it has given us, look at this, the ministry church. Our church is a ministry of reconciliation. We are trying to get people to come back to their original state, which is fellowship with God. God's plan in the Garden of Eden was for us to fellowship with Him. And then sin came in and Adam and Eve messed up and that separation happened. And here's the cool thing. God has allowed us this morning to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ, the, the, the true biblical church, not just Victory World Outreach in Denton, the church that exists around the world with different names and different denominations that's preaching the gospel, that we have a ministry. Oh, the person next to you, you're in the ministry. You're in the ministry. And that ministry is to reconcile people back to Jesus. Let's keep reading. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. When Jesus died on that cross, church, he reconciled through his death the world back to him. Okay, so he, he paid the debt. There was an old song, he paid a debt I didn't, I could, I, he didn't know I owed a debt I couldn't pay. Maybe some of you remember that old song. I, I still love those old songs. The melody wasn't the greatest, but the words were powerful in that particular one. But Jesus paid a debt I couldn't pay, and he, he didn't know it. And I owed a debt I couldn't pay, but he reconciled us back. And this is so powerful because it says he, he did on the cross what we need to be saved. All we have to do is believe and put our faith and be in Christ. And then he says, I'll change you. And we're going to see that this morning, what I'm talking about. But I want, to, I want to focus on a few things here. I don't have any notes. I have scriptures. Straight scriptures this morning. Because I want you to read the Bible and what the, what the church is here for. And this next part right there in the middle, you can see it on your screens, is very powerful. Because it says, not imputing their trespasses to them. Not putting on them the guilt of their sins. He says, I took that for you. And he says, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation amen the word of reconciliation now watch this next verse now then we are ambassadors look at the person next to you and say you're an ambassador i bet you no one has ever called you an ambassador before i bet you some of you don't even know what an ambassador is if you've been to another country I, i'll be honest i don't know what an ambassador was but once you travel outside of the country you become very familiar with what an ambassador is because you have a need for him. Listen closely to this. 
This is so powerful. I, I didn't get this in the first service because he always gives me something different in the second service. Before I got saved, I didn't know I needed a Savior. Did y'all catch that? And then when I realized I needed a Savior, then I realized who the Savior was, and I thought, man, how did I ever live without a Savior? Until you leave the country, you don't realize you need an ambassador. An ambassador is a person in another country who represents the country they're from. And they live in a place or work in a place called an embassy. So there is a United States embassy in every country in this world. And when you as an American citizen travel to another country, you have a certain sense of of peace knowing that if something goes wrong, something happens out of your control, you can go to the embassy and talk to your ambassador who is there on your behalf. Is anybody putting the dots together here this morning? We have an ambassador who is Jesus, and he is also at the embassy, which is heaven, and now he says, I'm going to, I want to give you access to be an ambassador for me that now wherever you go in the world, wherever you go to the supermarket, wherever you go to the park, wherever you go to the gas station or you go to your workplace, you're my ambassador now. You're representing me everywhere you go. How I many know that's a big position? So he says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now this is, I don't know if this blows anybody else away, but he says, as though God were pleading through us. You know what that means? That means the gospel doesn't get shared without us. This is one of the most amazing things about the Bible and God's plan for salvation is once again, he does things the way I wouldn't do it. If I was going to go die on the cross for somebody life and salvation like Jesus did, I would not trust you or me to take the message on. I would make sure, I would probably say, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. God chose to share the gospel to the world through us. Say us. That's, that's us. Amen? So he says, as though God were pleading through us, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the gospel to the world through you. We implore you, and I'm imploring you this morning, on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't know they need to be reconciled. I want you to begin to think here. You're, you're either one of two people here this morning. You are somebody who has already been reconciled to God, or you are somebody who needs to be reconciled to God. There's only two types of people here this morning. Doesn't matter what city you came from, how old you are, doesn't matter what background you have, there's two types of people. You've already been reconciled to God, or you need to be reconciled to God. That's it. If you have not been reconciled to God this morning, here's the good news. You can be reconciled to God this morning through Jesus. If you have been reconciled to God, I want to talk to you for a second, and I want to ask you a question. Have you thought lately about the fact that somebody was an ambassador for Jesus to you? You're here this morning because somebody invited you. You're here this morning because somebody shared their faith in Jesus Christ with you, and you have become reconciled to God because of that. Don't miss how much of a miracle that is. It's a miracle that you came, and we're gonna, I'm going to hit the end just for a second here, and we'll get back to it, that you came out of darkness into the light. But the thing is, church, a lot of people don't know that they're in darkness. They don't know they need a Savior. 
But then all of a sudden when you get saved, you realize, what have I been doing? How have I been living? And you realize, I am lost. I was lost. That's why that song, Amazing Grace, was written. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We don't know it until a gospel message is presented to us. And that's why church is so important. Why coming together and hearing a message and, 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 ex, and experiencing the power of God. We, we don't want you to, to say after this service that our building was pretty or our songs were pretty or the message was good. We want you to say the presence of the Lord was in that place. And I went in a certain way and I came out different. That's all we want this morning because we want Jesus to be represented. We're his ambassadors this morning. Jesus can do all he needs. We just need to give him a chance. Let's keep reading. Amen. Watch what it says, last verse. For he made him, God made Jesus, him who knew no sin, and this ought to get someone to shout right here, to be sin for us. Is anybody glad that Jesus became sin for us? I am. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. I've already called you a bunch of things this morning. No one's ever called you. Righteous ambassador amen these are good words and I got some more too coming before I put the next scripture up I want you to think of conversion I want you to start thinking of yours of your time when you when you came out of darkness into light hopefully you remember it hopefully you remember I, I I'm, I'm coming up on 29 years this year no 30 years this year and I remember the date the minute the hour the place like it was yesterday because I I am I, I can't speak for you but I'm a miracle I'm a miracle of a transformed life. Amen? How many else realizes in here that you're a miracle? Now, we're going to see something here in just a second, but I want to give you a little bit of lead in. The gospel's being preached, and this, this common person, do I have anybody that's common in here? I'm raising my hand just so you know. Common. You're just a normal person. You're not special. You don't have millions of followers on Instagram. You don't have a YouTube channel. Amen? You're, you're not famous. We're just common people here. And God takes common people and does extraordinary things with them. Amen? And in the gospel story, this man named Stephen, he was just serving just like you. He was just coming to church and getting involved and learning the Bible, and all of a sudden they needed some help, and I'm just paraphrasing this part. And so they chose some men, and they said, we're going to set these men apart to serve in this particular area, and the only requirement that he had to have was faith and be full of the Holy Spirit. And they chose this man named Stephen. Anybody heard of the man named Stephen? So Stephen is just supposed to serve tables. I'm, I'm going to talk, someone, God's talking to someone this morning. Someone this morning is going to get this message and go from serving tables to doing something for God. Not that serving tables isn't good, but, but there, God's got something more for you. He needs you to open your mouth and speak. Stephen was serving the tables but all of a sudden he got in this conversation with some people about God and they began to go back and forth and before he knew it he was being accused of lying and they came to him and they said, hey, did you lie? And instead of him saying yes or no, he preached. He, sp he started spitting Jesus, preaching Jesus and, and telling them about the Lord and, and you can read that in the Bible in, in chapter 7. But then as he's preaching, the devil starts to get a little mad. Do you realize that there's opposition here this morning? Every time we have a service and souls are hanging in the balance, there's opposition. 
The devil's mad. That's why I spend most of my Sunday morning binding the devil. Binding the spirits of witchcraft. Binding the spirits of divination. Binding the spirits of demonic activity. Because I know he doesn't want people to change their lives. So when you feel the presence of the Lord in here, it's because work's already been done. Prayers have already been lifted up to God. Time has been spent, amen, although it could be always be more in prayer. Our team has prayed. Our team has prepared. So you can listen to this word that can change your life. So Stephen's preaching with fire. Say fire. And 757, we're going to pick it up here. And it says, they cried out with a loud voice, stop their ears. And ran at him with one accord, but they weren't going up to shake his hand and say, good message, Stephen. They ran at him with one accord, and what's what happens? And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes. Pay attention to this. The witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Amen? Saul will later become Paul. Just to spoil, give you a spoil alert, because I don't have time. And he will change his name to Paul, and he will write two-thirds of this New Testament. But before he becomes Paul, he saw. Before you become who God wants you to be, you got to realize who you are. And before Saul can be, become Paul, Saul needs a Stephen. Every one of us in here this morning are a Saul, that God wants to make a Paul. But we need a Stephen. We need someone to preach the truth to us. We need someone to tell us about Jesus. We need someone to share their faith with us. And as Stephen is dying, Saul is standing there, and he's, they're giving him their garments, and he's holding them, and he's smiling. He's happy because Saul hates Christians. Let's keep reading. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God. And he said, how many would like to be being stoned to death? Not, not that part, but the next part. And be able to say, Jesus, receive my spirit. How many want to have that kind of relationship with Jesus? I do. He knelt down and cried out with a voice. And he said, see, disciples follow their leader. And he quotes Jesus' words here as he's being stoned. God wants to take you, I said this last week, from, from religion to relationship. God doesn't want you just to know his scriptures here. He wants you to live it here. And Stephen went from just being a person who served tables to be the first martyr. Let me tell you something. The, the, the stoning part's not good. But boy, I can't wait to see the reward that Stephen has in heaven. Amen? I can't wait to meet Stephen. I can't wait to shake his hand and hug his neck and thank him for being such a powerful example, amen, and getting this gospel started by giving his life. And he says as he's dying, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And then he fell asleep and died. How many are still here? Watch what the next verse says. Saul was consenting to his death. Here's where we're at before we meet Jesus. Lost. Most of the time, have a cause. Saul thought he was doing the Lord's work. How many know a lot of times we think we're right when we're wrong? A lot of us in here this morning, we have a philosophical idea of who God is, and we have a way we were raised, and we have a way we think, and the Bible tells me in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it is destruction. 
So don't think like you should think. Think like Jesus wants you to think. Saul was consenting to his death and standing there and, and, and is basically happy that this man's dying. And here we go. A great persecution rose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And then devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Watch this next verse. And Saul, he made havoc of the church. Entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. We're seeing Saul, this is interesting. Let me say this to you if you're praying for somebody that's not saved. They're going to get worse before it gets better. That's for somebody this morning. Somebody needs to hear that. You're witnessing to somebody. You're praying for somebody. Maybe it's you and you don't know it. Things are getting worse before they get better. You think, man, this person's not getting closer to God. They're getting further away. Let me tell you something. Saul is still wreaking havoc here. Saul is thinking he's doing the right thing. But I promise you, when he saw Stephen give his life, something changed in him. There was a seed planted even though he was standing there consenting to his death, probably smiling on the outside, he probably inside was thinking, this man just did something that's, that guy's got to be real, he's preaching. Something began to go in his mind. So this morning, your prayers for that person you're trying to win to the lost are not going unheard. Can I get a better amen? And I, you know why I can tell you that? Because I've seen people change over and over and over and over again. Let me just make this personal to you. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus Christ, nobody thought you'd get saved. I see some heads nodding. Nobody thought you'd be sitting in church. You didn't think you could sit in church without the things falling down from the roof. Say, I walk into church, the, the roof's going to fall down. Well, look, there it is. Still up. Some of you know some people in this church, and you're thinking, man, they're here, and the roof hasn't fallen down. A lot of you know each other in this church. A lot of you are raised in Denton, and you know each other's business. And sometimes we even see someone who comes in that we might know, and we think, man, they can't change. What are they here for? Hello? Isn't that how we think? Yet they're thinking the same thing about us. What are they doing here? How'd they get here? They can't be changed. God can change anybody. God can save anybody. God can set anybody free. And you know how I know that? Not only the credentials here in the pews of the chairs, but Paul himself, again, spoiler alert, gets saved and says, I'm the chief of all sinners. The chief of all sinners. Don't raise your hand this morning, but maybe you're here and you think, I'm, I'm the chief. No one's messed up as bad as I have. No one's made as many mistakes as I have. Well, I got good news for you. God's a God that forgives mistakes. God's a God that starts people's lives over and makes new creations. Can I get an amen? Here's Saul's conversion, chapter 9, verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. That's why I told you it was getting worse before it got better. Went to the high priest. They might have thought that Stephen died in vain. 
Have you ever done something and thought, man, we did that in vain? They didn't change. You ever done something nice for somebody and you want you did it because you want them to know the Lord and they just spit on it? You think, man, they didn't receive that seed planted. He's still breathing threats. He's still doing bad things. And he asks for letters from the synagogues of Damascus. He says, if, if, if anyone's here who has found the way, is anybody in the way, by the way? Is there anybody in here that's in the way? I see a few people that know what the way is. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. This is the conversion experience. When he fell to the ground, remember last week when I said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess? Be smart and do that here. Be smart and do that now, not in heaven when you stand on the great right throne judgment. He fell to the ground because he couldn't see because of the light. And Jesus says, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? Remember last week when I said the leper said, Lord, you can heal me. Out of respect, Saul said, who are you, Lord? But he did not know him yet as Lord and Savior. He just knew him as Lord of respect. And obviously even more so because he's in heaven. He's seeing Jesus in heaven. Jesus had already been exalted to the Father. And he says... Who, who, who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And then he says some of the most difficult to understand words in the Bible. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Raise your hand in here if, you've ever, if you even know what goads are. Got a few farmers here maybe, a few people who work with animals. There was nobody in the first service. Some of you raised your hand because you were in the first service. Kick against the goads. That's kind of like yoke that we talked about on Wednesday. Words we don't understand. But basically, they use this pole to try to keep these animals in place, and they'll kick the pole to not be put where they don't want to be, and basically all they're doing is hurting themselves. Every time they kick the goad, they kick that rod. I don't know why they can't just call it a rod, but they kick it. It hurts them. Jesus is saying, and he says this to all of us, stop running because you're only hurting yourself. You, you could come over to my side and be saved and, and, and have a, a life full of joy and peace and fulfillment and happiness, but you keep trying to do things your way. Does anybody know somebody like that? They keep trying to do things their way and things never work out. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, this is what God wants. What do you want me to do? How many would like to be able to say that to God this morning from your full heart? Lord, what do you want me to do? That's the place that God wants you to be in. That's the place where you can begin to see a move of God in your life. Where you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, arise and go to the city and you'll be told what to do. Now as the musicians begin to come, Acts 26. This is what I really want you to see this morning. Saul, now Paul, is standing before King Agrippa. And he is preaching just like Stephen did. So he had a good example to follow. And he's telling his testimony, and, and he's, he's at the point we just read in, in Acts 9, 
And he, he says, who are you, Lord? And I asked, and the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now, he says, get to your feet. Tell the person next to you, get moving. Amen. Get moving. Get to your feet. Do something for God. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and what? And what? Witness. Let me know we're witnesses. Tell people. That's all, that's all we got to do. Tell people that you have seen me. Now, going back to last week's message again, remember how blessed we are today because we're not Thomas. We haven't touched his hands. We haven't touched his side. We haven't seen him with our eyes. But we're blessed because we believe in him. But he says, he says to Jesus, tell my people you've seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. And he says, yes. Now watch this. You know who Jesus is going to send you to? The people you least want to talk to. When you say, yes, Lord, he's going to send you to people that are difficult. He's not going to send you to easy people. He's going to, he's, Paul did not want to go talk to the Gentiles. Stephen was a Gentile. Stephen was a Greek-speaking man. He didn't want to go talk to him. But he says, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. Oh, and here's what, here's what, what we need to do right here. This is it. You've heard me say this for about the last six months to a year over and over again. This is why we're here, to open their eyes. Whose eyes? The people who are here maybe right now or out there in our workplace or our neighborhood or in our family who are blind. To open their eyes. How many have had your eyes open this morning? We used to be blind, but now we see. And isn't it hard now to understand why it's so hard for them to give their lives to the Lord? But we forget that we were blind too. To open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people. Y'all missed it too. They missed that in the first service. That was a great place to get excited, but you missed it, so too late. To be given a place among God's people. For some reason today, if I'd have said, you know, a place with the Dallas Cowboys or a place, you know, at some, some concert, or we'd have gotten more excited. But he said, I'm going to give them a place among God's people. Amen. Amen. Who are set apart by faith in me. And so King Agrippa, he did what we need to do. I obeyed the vision from heaven. I obeyed the vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God. And here's what we need to do. Prove that we have changed by the things we do. How many know if we have truly changed then we're a new creation and we don't do the things we used to do. We change. The miracle of a transformed life. Maybe here this morning, you, you haven't quite really grasped 
what a miracle you are. Maybe you're too close to the situation to know what a miracle you are. You are a miracle. I look around this place and I see some of you and I know your past and I know what you've been through and I know where you come from and I know you're a miracle. But maybe you don't realize what a miracle you are. You're a miracle. The miracle of a life transformed by God. Father, today, touch hearts. Touch especially hearts today that do not know you. Hearts whose eyes are still in darkness who are still part of the kingdom of darkness because God we are not saved by a membership to a church we are not saved by simply holding a bible in our hand we're not even just saved just by simply believing father we have to live what we believe Lord we have to make you Lord as I said last week of our lives and Jesus this morning you are knocking on doors you are wanting to come in and dine. You knocked on Stephen's door. You knocked on Saul's door. You knocked on Peter's door. Lord, you knocked on all those disciples' doors. Lord, Mary Magdalene, you knocked on those doors, Father. And as you knocked, they opened. And Lord, it's the, it's the will of every person in this place today, the free will to say yes or to say no. And God, I just pray that people would see what a miracle it is to see a life transformed God because of what you've done in this church the crime rate is lower in Denton Texas God because of what you've done in this place because of the lives in these chairs Lord drug addiction has gone down Lord because of what you've done in this place marriages have been restored miracles of lives transformed. Today, Father, speak to us. That help us to see that our past is gone in the blood of Jesus. That we don't have to keep living in the past. That we're new creations, Father. And all the old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Because, God, there's a lot of potential in this place to reach the lost. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're going to pray a, a prayer here in a moment that's life-changing. If you're here and you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, today's the day for you. You have to come to the understanding yourself that one day you will stand before God and one day you will realize He is Lord, but we're, we have to make that choice while we're on this earth. Because it's established unto man once to die and then comes judgment. Today, he's asking, he's knocking, he's showing himself to you. He's opening up your eyes. He's saying, why are you going against me? Why are you fighting me? Stop running and start running to me, to my mercy. How many in this place today, being led by the Holy Spirit, could say, I am ready to surrender my life to Jesus and make him Lord. Just lift up your hand. All across this place, I see your hand. All across this place, I see your hand. I see your hand. It's not about religion. It's not about forming a membership to a church. It's, do you know Jesus as Lord? If you died today, what would you say to a holy God? I'll say Jesus. Jesus, the one who died for me. 
the one who, who knew no sin, became sin for me so that I could be the righteousness of God. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. I, it's not my words. It's the Holy Spirit touching you. It's the Holy Spirit saying, are you ready to meet God? Are you able to stand before a living, holy God? What are you going to say? That's all, that's all I can tell you. You've got to answer for yourself. I know the night that I got saved, I knew where I was going. I knew I was going to hell. And I made a choice that I didn't want to go there. Maybe you're here in this place and at some point in your life, maybe you were 10, maybe you were 15, maybe it was last year, maybe it was 10 years ago. You had an encounter with the Lord, but today you're not living for the Lord. Today you're back to your old ways. You're angry at God. You're frustrated with God, whatever it is. And today you need to renew that relationship. You've been blaming God for stuff that's not his fault. How many would say, I need, I need to come back to my first love. Just lift your hand up right back down all across this place amen let's stand this morning if you would one thing that I've realized more than ever in my life preaching the gospel is it's not my job to change you it's my job to preach and I don't get excited or disappointed by what I see happen because I just do my part Stephen never got to see Saul get saved but he made a huge impact on Saul's life. He saw him die. Amen. I do it as unto the Lord. That's what matters. If you're here and you've never made a public confession of your faith, you've never said, Jesus, I'm going to answer that, that, that knock on the door. I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life today. I'm going to serve you. If, if you're not willing to serve him, if you're not willing to lay your life down, if you're not willing to give him everything, Keep doing what you're doing. But today Jesus is calling you and he wants to be the Lord of your life, the master of your life. And I can tell you after 30 years, you'll never be disappointed. You'll never regret it. You'll still have struggles. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. One thing I realize is with or without God, I have problems. It's much better with God. Amen. It's so much better to have someone to call on, like John said, at the time of prayer. So if you raised your hand and you meant it, would you do one more thing? Would you step out of your seat to the nearest aisle and come down to this altar? I want to say a prayer with you this morning. Just, just come. Hands went up. Amen. We're going to pray for you. We always say, whether you want to come or not, a prayer with those that are watching online. I want you to say this with me. Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit and your calling and drawing me, I realize I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. I realize the wages of my sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I also believe you rose from the dead for me so I could have eternal life, so I could live. I am a new creation this morning. All my old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. 
change me today transform me today and make me a new creation in Jesus name Amen Amen Thanks again for listening If you want to hear more messages please subscribe to our podcast channel and if you like it consider rating it and sharing it with your friends For more content from VWO Denton go to our website at vwotexas.com